Hello and welcome to D Up Podcast. This is Louis Belletta. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. It's the off season, and we know we have a lot to get to. Whatever week it is, uh, should Melo be in the NBA? We can talk about that for a little bit. We're going to talk about the Lakers, of course. Should Jeremy Lin still be in the NBA? Does he have a place there? What's your What's your take on that? But let's get started with Carmelo Anthony and his place in the NBA. I genuinely feel that just like the economy, the NBA is a um, an ecosystem that's very capitalistic, which is a good thing. Um, the bigger fish get to eat. It has to be set up that way. The reason why is the talent, the skill, the best fit is always going to make the team. Now, uh, Carmelo went on the Stephen A. show a while back and uh, spoke with Stephen A. And uh, there seems to be some sort of a, um, a belief that Carmelo is being blackballed by the NBA. Now, uh, Carmelo, no matter what he thinks or what anybody else thinks or coaches, or I want to make a statement that no coach or no GM will ever say no to a player that will help their team. Now, did Melo give a wonderful interview? Yes. Did he sound very humble? Yes. Is Melo a good guy? Yes. All of the above. When it comes to basketball, purely basketball, and you want to speak just basketball, there's a lot that you have to take when you're taking on a player. And if Carmelo... The aging superstar, arguably the hardest person to coach, an aging superstar. If he's coming to your team, he's coming with a lot of baggage. That might mean ego, even though Carmelo says he doesn't have ego. Coaches, GMs, they think he has, still has that ego. Even if Melo is willing to come off the bench, and he says he is willing to come off the bench, there's there's not that young spry in him that 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 is going to be you know a vocal leader. That's not Carmelo, okay? That's not what he's proven. Now, if he's changed all of a sudden, then then fine, right? Also, you can make the argument that he's never been on a, an, on a on a winning team and blah blah. That's all excuses in my book. Okay, uh, I followed him throughout his Knicks career. I think he's a great guy. Do I think he has what it takes to be a ninth person on the team? Um, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is to give my opinion, and I'll tell you why I don't believe Carmelo should or or could be in the NBA right now without being blackballed. I'll tell you why. <laughs> One, Carmelo doesn't play defense. The basketball game is a 50-50 game. You play offense 50% of the time. You play defense 50% of the time. Basketball is a passing game. It's not just a scoring game. Now, does Carmelo sometimes look for the open guy? And he did he did well on the Knicks doing the, and and if I, you know getting double teamed or triple teamed and then passing the ball out. Sure, he did at times, right? 
But is he a primary? Is he a primary facilitator? No, he's a shooter, right? So that moves us on to number three, and he's a shooter, yes. But can he consistently make a catch and shoot three? That's a no. The reason why I I've, I've been watching him in the open runs, and he can't. He can't consistently make a catch and shoot three. And what is MB, what is today's NBA? Today's NBA, just watch the Warriors, watch all these teams. It's a quick, you know, around the horn, catch and shoot, off the pass, open wide three-pointer, right? Melo doesn't knock that down consistently. So I just named three things that are there. And when 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 Melo can't give you anything else other than though he can't get outside of those three things that he doesn't even do well. He's not going to give you anything else. Like, he's not an extraordinary rebounder, and he's not going to change at this point of his life. He's not an extraordinary uh, um, shot blocker. I mean, his lateral movement is putrid on defense. It's horrible. Can he bang down below? Yes, but is he going to be willing to do that at his at this age, at 30, I think he is 35? No, especially. Melo's 35 is like another person's 38. He doesn't have it, and and you can make the case for him being better than other players and this and that. But when you consider all of the factors, why not? Why the teams just want to develop a younger player? So, yeah, will will Melo sit well on a ninth or tenth spot or eighth spot on that bench or you know at best a six man, possibly. But why would you do that? When you can develop a younger guy just as good or a little less a little less than a mellow. I mean, what's the point? Like there would only be a couple teams that would be have to be really, really challenging the champ for the championship that can have a mellow on that he can come in for like a three minute stretch and, and shoot the lights out of the place. But that's old mellow. Again, that new mellow Stephen A thinks that mellow can do that. I actually don't. Because I've been watching, I've been watching Melo on the offseason, and he he just doesn't have that in him. Again, Melo's a good guy. This has nothing to do with who he is. I feel very bad for him, although he's made hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it's hard to feel bad for him, but in, in terms of just being an athlete, I feel bad. So my conclusion and summary on Melo, whether you want to hear it or not, is. It's best that Melo go and play in China. In the EuroLeague, he's, he, he, let's, just, let's just say China. Get the paycheck, right? Melo, just, 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 just go out very nicely. Get, you know, expand yourself into other areas in life. But, you know, the time has run its course on some players. You had a great career. And that's it. Not the ring chase. If a team picks him up, you know Philadelphia. There's been there's been some reports that Philadelphia is in touch with him. Hey, then then go for it, right? But if the teams aren't picking you up, it's for a reason. There is no grand conspiracy. There is no grand political thing. Nothing. It's just it doesn't weigh out for each and every team. I'm sure there is a team that can do it. But my summary is 
I think that the way it is right now is the way it should stay. But my prediction is some team will bite. Some team will bite on the mellow sweepstakes thinking that, thinking of his old self. But I stand here before you now telling you that Melo is a shell of himself on the basketball court. That I can promise you. Uh, moving forward to another player that is not picked up. This is Jeremy Lin. Ironically, these are the two guys that were playing on the Knicks back in that, in the, um, I think, what do they call it? Linsanity era in the garden. It's pretty interesting. At the time, Melo had a little bit of jealousy about Jeremy Lin, you know, everybody doubting him. Lin came in, and uh, there was an average, some crazy, crazy numbers at the time. It was it was insane, that 15-game stretch. And, yeah, you know, that was the best Jeremy Lin's ever shown. And he's bounced around from team to team, very, very much a Cinderella story, wonderful career. And now no team is picking him up. So um, he signed to play over in China now. But Jeremy Lin is another case where, you know, the ecosystem, the capitalistic structure of the NBA didn't have a place for Jeremy Lin. And there's, no, there's no, nothing wrong with that. And he went, he, he, he went uh, uh, Jeremy Lin did, and on stage and gave a, a very heartfelt speech of why he thinks it's rock bottom for him, and he's entitled to feel that way. So the NBA doesn't have a place for him now, and um, he'll showcase his talents in, in China, and we'll find out if the situation and opportunity arises in the NBA and they need to call up Jeremy Lin, he will surely give his second and third and fourth coming because... He's been cut before. He's been forgotten about before. And just like Melo, there's a place for him someplace, right? There's a spot for him someplace that will open up. But again, there's no take your emotions and feelings out of this stuff. We talk about it as in a business standpoint of view. It's entertainment. It's a business standpoint. And this, this, this stuff is this stuff you just have to roll with. A lot of guys out there not getting a chance, and maybe they should be getting a chance, but there's a lot of players out there, and, and teams have to go with all round who could do the best job for them at the particular season, in the moment, at that position. And there is no, no personal feelings involved. It's a business, just like any other office, any other sport and business there is out there. It's just got to it, 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 any law firm. Best guy gets the job. Best guy gets the job. Best fit gets the job, right? I can give you an example, you know, studying theater and being out there in the acting world. I've gone to, I've, I've gone to, uh, to theater with some of the best theater people, uh, TV, film there is in the world, and you never knew their name. You know, sometimes, the, 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 sometimes that, that best person who's better than the people that you see and you're familiar with on TV, sometimes they don't get a chance, you know? And, and maybe it's because of uh, visibility, this or that, or maybe it's just because the F word. They are not the right fit for the moment. Doesn't mean their time isn't going to come. 
but they're just not the right fit, and they might never get that chance. But thankfully, Jeremy Lin has had that chance. Melo has had a good career. They've all had a chance. They've gotten paid. They've had their moments to shine a lot more than a lot of guys have. You know, I know a lot of a lot of bat ball players that would love those opportunities, but let's not feel bad for them. Come on now, they're 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 human beings that have had great times. So, Mello, Jeremy Lin, they'll be fine. <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay, guys, it's a new NFL season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Balls with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. And the one thing has not changed. Where I'm putting my money down on all the games. That's right. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it costs a measly $100 to enter. Come on, guys. You got to do it. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Service has been great to me. My bookie, they always pay. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has in-game betting every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. That's amazing. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Use promo code DUP to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code DUP when creating your account to claim your bonus. Bet, win, get paid. All right, moving on, we have DeMarcus Cousins in the news. Uh, tape went out to TMZ. <clears throat> uh, released uh, allegedly having a male's voice that is allegedly DeMarcus Cousins uh, threatening his uh, baby mama uh, that he would put a bullet in her head over some scenario with his kid. Um Again, we can't jump to conclusions and say that that is him, but that's what happened. And uh, right now, uh, the place, the location of where it happened is in Alabama. So let's let's take a look at at what what could happen. So, because it's under the Alabama law, the crime of harassment is treated as a Class C misdemeanor. Um, so. In the context of domestic violence, it's a it's a uh, misdemeanor which could result in one year in jail <coughs> and a fine up to six thousand dollars for the first offense. We all know that Demarcus won't go to jail for a year. We know that uh, he's got tons of money. Uh, the the NBA 
can fine, suspend, dismiss, or ban players who violate the league's domestic violence policy, sexual assault, and child abuse policies. That's another little tidbit for you to to hear. And this comes on uh, the heels of, no pun intended, of DeMarcus suffering a torn uh, ACL. Uh, in this this past uh, two weeks or past week, uh, it was very very disheartening for the Lakers and for him. So he's going to be missing uh, the the entire 2019-2020 season. So it's 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 pretty tough on the Lakers and um, and Demarcus. We're hitting a very very rough patch right now. One kind of cool stat that I, I wanted to share. Um, was this fourth quarter scoring stat that I I really really uh, I love to look at because that's when players come through the the big ones in the clutch. We we always hold those clutch players on a higher level than most of the other pe- of, of the other people. So uh, let's go and check out the clutch players in last season, and we can look. At who leads the way. And LeBron James led the way in eight with 8.6 points per quarter. Uh, excuse me, per fourth quarter. Number two on the list is James Harden with 8.3 points in the fourth quarter. It's pretty interesting that James did outscore the other James Harden uh, who led the league in scoring. It's interesting. Kemba Walker, eight points per fourth quarter. Giannis Anatetokounmpo, 7.7 points. At number five, Lou Williams, who doesn't even start, 7.6 points per game. Impressive. Paul George, at number six, 7.1 points a game. Tie for number seven, Devin Booker with 6.8. And Anthony Davis with 6.8. Oh, it's a three-way tie. And Donovan Mitchell at 6.8. And and at number 10 is Bradley Beal with 6.7 points per fourth quarter. Interesting. So those are your clutch players. And I'm going to be really surprised to say that, well, it's shocking that LeBron is up there. I would like to see the fourth quarters of every year, but uh, LeBron must have really made it a a, uh, a d- d- different approach to come through and turn it on in the fourth this year. Good for him. I like to tear him down a lot. I want to praise him. That's one at facet of his game he needed to improve on. As you know, this year is going to be super exciting. I keep saying it. A level playing field, no super teams. The three-headed monster is gone. It's now down to the two-headed monster. I'm picking the Clippers to be the best team. I keep on saying that. They're the best team right now. They're better than the Lakers. They rule, they're going to rule the Lakers. Is LeBron going to come back? And is LeBron going to be the best damn thing ever? Yeah, he's going to start off and he's going he's gonna to take some heads. He's a little upset, you know? This whole washed-up LeBron thing, he's hearing that. He's going to come back. He's going to come back ferocious in a ferocious cycle. 
But let me remind you, there's a new king in town, and his name is Kawhi Leonard. He's the real deal. He don't have to talk. He don't have to do anything. He walks it. He does it. He wins. No excuses. That battle for LA is going to be nuclear. It's going to be explosive. Too bad the Knicks aren't good this year because we'd have a battle for New York and LA. But I think the Knicks will be okay. Uh... You know, Brooklyn's not going to be at full strength, so there's not going to be any real battle for New York this year. Maybe the, the following year, things might get really testy and, and lovely. I would I would love to see uh, the epicenter of basketball back in New York and in L.A. It's good for the league, makes more money, big-time franchises, blah, 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 blah. Uh, one guy who looks amazing in a lot of these scrimmages, I don't want to put too much weight in them, is Julius Randle. Julius Randle is so damn muscular and in shape, and man, his step back is looking great. He's going to the hole. I tell you, I hate to say it, but Julius Randle looks like Zion Williamson um, in the NBA. I mean, he's looking great. Watch out for a breakout year from Julius Randle and a guy who's been working his tail off on the Knicks, Dennis Smith. Watch out for Dennis Smith and Julius Randle. They're coming at you live very hard, and they're going to just be putting pressure because they're in shape. They're aggressive. They've been working on their game. Watch out. <clears throat> Anyways, for today's episode of D Up, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed some of the banter, some of the talk, some of the opinionated views. I want you to write in to me, Lewis Edward Belletta, on Facebook and on Instagram. That's my site because I want to bring you the best material that you want. That's most important. I want to hear what you want to say. Come challenge me. Come tell, tell me. Direct message me. Make sure you're telling me what you want to hear, what you're agreeing with, and especially what you're disagreeing with. Come come tag me. I like I liked the arguments because it helps my material. Anyways, uh, for Louis Belletta and the whole D Up show, thank you. I would love to see you next week. Make sure you download, subscribe. It's free. And tell all of your friends because it helps me. All right? I'll talk to you soon. Let's go NBA. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network. Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.